Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello. You are in New York right now. I am in California. So we are on opposite times, but no one cares. Can I Nobody talk to you about something? Yeah. That struck You're me. At mom's house. What's going on? I am at mom's house. There's nothing to do with that, though. Okay. I was getting my nails done today, and I was uh-huh. thinking about Britney Spears and Jamie okay. Lynn. We're just getting right into it. Yeah. I'm sitting in the getting my a pedicure this morning, and I'm thinking about Jamie Lynn Spears, and I'm thinking about the fact that Britney complained that everyone was basically vacationing in her, like, beach condo while she was okay. 51 50 Have you heard about this? Um, perhaps this is a specific time that she's referring to, not just like people vacationing on her dime while she's under conservatorship. It's like a specific time. Anyway, the Got whole it. point is basically okay. like, Oh yeah, when she, I remember then, when she was 51 50 When, so Br- Brittany has recently said like in court documents that like her family lives off her essentially and is complaining right. about the fact that they were like vacationing in her beach house or beach condo right. while she was, while they had committed her essentially. Correct. Okay, this okay. is all- This is all kind of water under the bridge, not really relevant. But I was thinking about – so Jamie Lynn said that she doesn't financially benefit from Britney's Mm -hmm. conservatorship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all a roundabout way of – this brought up a question for me that I've thought about a lot actually um, over the years. I've always wondered how families or how – like especially siblings – deal with one sibling having like okay just imagine one of us was worth suddenly like a billion dollars or a hundred million dollars sure a hundred mil this would really like one of us was taylor swift you know worth half a billion or something this how would we navigate those waters like would you still have been applying for like sixty thousand dollar a year jobs in advertising in la like, would you st- would you be Venmo requesting like Taylor, your sister? Like, I mean, I would a ex- hundred dollars. I mean, I would be expecting a check every month. I would be expecting okay. like a check, a million bucks. If, a year. if one of us were over, were, no, I mean, not a million bucks. Not oh, for me, I would be expecting yeah. some sort of stipend to keep me happy. Otherwise, I would go to the press. <laughs> Otherwise, I would start a smear campaign. Otherwise, yeah, I would start digging sure. up embarrassing teen photos of you i mean i i could honestly it would be all too easy to bring you down um but uh-huh. yeah i think a check yeah. or a direct deposit is also good preferably actually a direct deposit oh, yeah let's um, get into payment methods i think that's the point yeah direct deposit wire transfer that type of thing i mean i just think the only way you can keep your family happy is if you pay them off well okay first of all if one of us became exorbitantly wealthy I would absolutely try to get a conservatorship over that person if they did not start, you know, auto-paying me. Giving you the checks, right, right. Of course, of course. Um, No, but in all seriousness, I do feel like that would be such a strange reality and waters to navigate because ultimately it just, I feel like, would be so awkward if, like, if you are so wealthy – and your family is like living a normal, like semi-struggling life. I mean, like, I think, how do you deal? I with think there that? are actually plenty of celebrities who do that. Plenty of celebrities really? who just yeah. Yes, I mean, every but single I, celebrity comes from a family. Most of them aren't only children. Yeah, and but they're, I'm not talking they're, about. Yeah, I'm not talking about run-of-the-mill humdrum celebrities. Okay, I'm talking about a Taylor Swift. I'm talking about like an icon. Okay, someone pop who's star. worth like five hundred million, like a pop star. Yes, I'm talking about a huge celebrity where they are like flowing in cash. Like a lot of these actors, I mean, I, actresses, Bravo lebs, they're worth ten million and under. And that I think is like this is 
this is how it goes. not what I'm talking about. This okay. is how it goes. The said pop star billionaire celebrity gives a lot of money to their parents as an act of gratitude. You know, buys their parents a second home, gets their parents outfitted, you know, whatever. And then I think their parents probably continue on with their normal lives. I don't think their parents necessarily quit their jobs unless they're like a teen and they literally their their kid is a teen and they need to just like, you know, go on the road with them. So right. then I think that gravy train then flows down to the other siblings from the parents. Like, I think that's the route that it would take. It wouldn't necessarily come directly from the sibling unless, like, I think Taylor Swift, actually, I know Taylor Swift has a brother. Perhaps. Yeah, like, what, what does Swift's the brother do? Is the brother, like, like, like on ZipRecruiter applying for jobs right no, now? No, no, like, he what's went to happening? college. I'm, he went to college. I'm sure he has, like, a level of notoriety to him because he's Taylor Swift's brother. I'm sure that will create an easy path to getting whatever, you know, finance job he wants. I'm sure Taylor Swift paid for his college just like as a gift or who knows he might have even gotten a scholarship from the university because he's like you know is notable i just i think that not only do does like the the person with money you know get, send some money send that gravy train downward downstream sorry this is kind of gross they send the money you know to their friends and family but i also think that doors open for you okay just doors in general everywhere open that like where you don't even necessarily need the gravy train you just the doors are just open because you're so totally and so's disagree. brother and sister well let's just imagine one of us is a mega famous person and the other person and this you know we're on yachts with kendall jenner we're doing photo shoots with vogue we are talking with the you know the we're talking get, we're i get the picture i get the yada, picture yada, yada. okay thank you just imagine the other one of us, oh, we got ease, more easily a job in investment banking where we're working, you know, 14 hours a day, six days a week and making okay, $200,000 a year. Okay, maybe you're not in finance. Okay, maybe you're not in finance, but I still think you get a normal job. I don't think you just expect to live off of- I know, but don't you think it's a weird situation to be in? Like, I feel like it would be very strange- Totally a weird situation. If one of us siblings was totally different than the others. A thousand, I'm not like saying it's not a weird situation. All I, all I was speaking to was like how I think the money flows and how the like the dynamics work when you do become like the sibling of someone super famous. So you th- you think it flows through the parents? I could see that happening. I could see the parents all of a sudden having a lot of extra cash. But, Whether okay, that's so from, just... you know, like a one-time direct deposit for them to invest in or something or a second home, passive stream of income, who knows? See, I don't I don't know that it's that simple and I don't know that like ultimately it would be enough. Like I just think it's very interesting in terms of like how like okay, another example, a lot of times celebrities hire their family. So suddenly everyone's on the payroll. Totally. Like everyone yeah. works for them. Right. Manager assistant. Yeah. Okay, so let's say you're a celebrity, you're worth 500 million. Your mom is suddenly your assistant or your whatever. Your brother right. is suddenly Producer, like your tour. Whoever. Some some tour specialist manager or whatever. Okay. Let's say the market rate for that job is $80,000 a year, $120,000 a year. That's still like you can't really give your brother market rate, but even double market rate, that person is really not – the, the difference is still so extreme. Like, I just think that's – I would love to interview someone who's the sibling of an extremely wealthy celebrity and understand how that impacts family dynamics, family vacations. Well, and then think about this. Like, it's how like family this vacations, I'm flying everybody there, you know? Like, if I'm the rich person, I'm flying everyone there. We're getting a beautiful hotel because of my connections. 
You're greasing no, the wheels every simple. single step of the way. Lot. Don't forget when we there was a Kardashian episode where they were no, fighting I, over like yeah. who was going to pay for the security to fly, mm-hmm. and like I don't think that it's just as simple as like the super rich person then just suddenly bankrolls everyone or pays for everyone. Well, I think when you, like I I don't like is anyone in the Kardashian family worth five hundred million dollars? Uh, yeah, Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian. Both of them like, are worth five, over five hundred million. Really, both so of them are both of them. I think. I think that. I think the reason why it's awkward is because Chloe and Chloe and Courtney aren't necessarily worth that much. And now there's Kendall, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's like when there's this huge disparity. Like I just think it's interesting, but it's comparing a hundred million dollar net worth or fifty million to a billion is much different than a five hundred million dollar net worth to Agreed. like a, a two hundred k annual think- salary or a hundred k. That's what I think is just such a. That's like that is where there's juicy stories. Yeah, totally. It's very fascinating. If anyone knows anyone who's been through this, who's living through this, I would like to interview them and hear all about how it works because I just think you ultimately like cannot have that deep of a huge disparity without it causing like a ton of conflict. Oh, I'm sure it causes a ton of conflict and golden handcuffs and tense conversations where it's like, well, I paid for this so you can at least, you know, do X, Y, or Z. Uh, I'm sure it, it is riddled with conflict. Right, right. I, I don't. I would, I'm not necessarily saying that it's super simple. I'm just saying that that money flows. I'm sure it causes a ton of complications, but I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, if it was in the form of a direct deposit, or through the parents, or through just like gifts. It's just a question I've always had and I've always wondered, like whenever celebrities refer to their very normal families, like Brad Pitt's family that lives in like Kansas. Like, how does that work? Also, how I think you work? need to realize that not everyone wants fame. Not everyone that's, wants. I never. That's like not literally not even the the question. Or well, what I'm saying is that like not everyone wants to to have a ton of money. Like, not, I mean, obviously people want money, but like not everyone wants to be upgraded to a McMansion or to have like that level of notoriety f- flow down to them from their super rich family member. If one person is sweating day in and day out hustling trying to like survive and trying to live like a very like middle class life and the other person is on yachts in Ibiza with the Hadid sisters there's a juicy story there you know if those are two siblings that's a juicy sure story. I think yeah that's an interesting dynamic okay I'm sure you were a person on Instagram this weekend and you saw all the new Ben Affleck and JLo photos that came out right I did um I don't know how you're feeling. There's a lot of things happening on the internet with this. I personally, I can't stomach the whole thing. It feels like some sort of sick fanfare to get people who are, you know, nostalgic for the early 2000s to just continue to go crazy. I mean, honestly, when the news first broke weeks ago, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. You know, there's like, they're somehow found their way back to each other. Like, wow, what a crazy love story. And now, like, after the amount of, like, you know, immaculate immaculate paparazzi photos, I'm just very, very skeptical, okay? I've been feeling this way for, like, the past week. It feels like every day there's some new shot of them being together. And also, Ben Affleck looks a little bit manicured. He looks – he's surely trimmed down. And I don't know. I'm just – I'm not buying it. And you had said at the beginning that you thought this was all for PR. This was all a paparazzi stunt. And – in my opinion, I totally like agree now because I don't think any of it's real. 
And I think that it's just kind of weird how much how many manicured paparazzi shots we're getting. I mean, if you're that wealthy, you can afford to have privacy. They clearly want no privacy. And yeah, I, I haven't I mean, even gotten to the like hand on the ass yacht photo yet. Like it's just it's too much. It does not feel real. It's, it is not progressing at a real rate at all. I mean, I I will say my stance has changed a little bit. I do think that this is real and that the like the romance is fun for them and that they are like hooking up and all that's real. I just think that they're just, you know, playing into the P it's also very, very, uh, it works out in a really good way for them from a PR perspective. So I think the two things are true. I thought it was hilarious that she made him keep on his t-shirt covering her, his back tattoo Mm -hmm. on the yacht. That was hilarious. Who has a button down on? on a yacht in the middle of Nobody. the day while the other person's in a swimsuit. No one. Like, that was hilarious. And there, I don't know if you saw it, but there was this clip of her talking on Watch What Happens Live with um, Andy Cohen about how much she thought his back tattoo was hideous. <laughs> so that was, like, so funny. I appreciate Someone posted that. A, like, a slide of, like, you know, that this is why he, she made him keep his T-shirt on. But, um, but yeah, I mean – I don't know. I don't ha- I don't harbor the same nostalgia for nostalgia for when they were together. Um and so I think that people are having fun with this, but again, like if it's a real thing, you're not posting this these like manicured photos of each other on Instagram. No. Like also a month in. You brought this up episodes ago, but like where are her kids in all of this? Like grow up a little bit. I just think this whole thing is kind of gross. It makes me not like JLo as much, frankly. I feel like I don't have anything. I don't have a new hot take. Like, I feel like people have messaged us like, we need your, I need your opinion on this. And I'm just like, it hasn't really changed that much. Like, I mean, I think that they're the, just continuing to be like a PR obsessed couple. Maybe they are a little bit more rom- authentically romantic than I thought. But that's kind of it. Like, I like, mean, I whatever. think the, the biggest development is the hand on the ass shot on the yacht. That to me, that literal shot by shot recreation is is a huge indicator of it being fake to me. Like, who yeah, does this that? Is an, it's, this is a relationship for the TikTokers and for the right. Instagrammers. Talk. This is a relationship for podcasters. Right. I would not literally. be surprised if something were to come out about J-Lo. I don't know. She's trying to stay relevant. Who's to say? But it's just, you know, it all feels a little bit fake to me. Okay. Did you see the text message that Kagan sent me that I posted on Instagram? About Clean Simple Eats? He said, SOS, we are out of the chocolate flavor of Clean Simple Eats, which by the way, I really didn't know that we could get it for free. So I've been paying full price and just ordering because I literally am a paying customer of this company. Clean Simple Eats, everyone, is the purveyor of the best protein powder on the planet. Can we just say, we've had some people get converted to the religion of clean symbol eats and they have messaged us saying you were right. It is so delicious. It will make milk taste like chocolate milk. If you get the brownie batter, or, you know, I love to put oh. the vanilla in a fruit smoothie. You just, you can't go wrong. You can't mess it up either. I would say you, it is so good. Someone texted me. They're like, does it have a weird aftertaste? I'm like, no, this is clean this is- simple eats. It tastes like melted ice cream, just mixed in cold water. And it's made from clean grass fed, perfect ingredients. Mm hmm. What yeah. more do you people want? What more do you out want? Of this world? What more do you want? Yeah. I don't know. Cleansimpleeats.com, everyone. Go try the vanilla, try the chocolate. Use our code Apologist for 10% off. We love the sponsor. I'll be drinking Clean Simple Eats on my deathbed. I hope so. Uh. 
Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Building a presentation is a daunting task, especially if design doesn't come naturally. Presenting is much more nuanced than throwing together bullet points and charts. Part of the challenge is making the experience memorable for an audience. So making presentations wasn't something I enjoyed or felt comfortable doing. You know, I just felt like in addition to actually having to create the content, like creating the content for a big meeting, was punishment enough, let alone having to put it together in some you know, stunning, artful, visually compelling way, and then be ready to speak to it in front of a live audience. It's a lot of work. And one of the most amazing things that I discovered is Canva Pro. Canva Pro gives you the ability to create such eye-catching presentations, people will just assume you have an Ivy League MBA. I just love being able to, when I'm presenting, just being able to focus on the actual content and my delivery. And then all the information, I can just put it in a beautiful Canva Pro template and it looks like I went to Harvard Business School, okay? Another amazing thing about Canva Pro is that it's compatible across all your devices. So if you're working on your computer, but then you want to go edit it on your iPad, maybe you're on the go, you can absolutely do that. For me, the feature I love most about Canva Pro presentations are the amazing templates. They're plug and play. You can just get going with already beautiful, seamless, cohesive designs. Wow your audience with Canva Pro, the easiest way to create presentations. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial. Just go to canva.me slash pop45 to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash pop45. Canva.me slash pop45. Um, I do want to talk to you, Chandler, about something other than J-Lo and Ben Affleck. Okay. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning because of jet lag. Mm-hmm. So I was at Starbucks promptly at 4.30 a.m. when it opened. Those poor like employees. A, I know. Totally. Um, anyway, so I was exiting our home, though, at like 4.20 a.m. when I noticed that there was like a very intense camera right outside the door. Uh-huh. Um, and this is like a discreet door exit side door and i realized that there's now like all these cameras around the perimeter of the house perimeter of the house a camera outside each door like it's the surveillance level i mean you would think it's the pentagon and you would have exactly you would think the nsa had set up this shit so i'm like i just like had this realization and i just realized like no wonder like kids today are depressed and antisocial and just stay home and go on their phones all day like you couldn't get away with shit today as a teenager. Like, I'm sorry, everyone has ring cameras around their house. You can't leave without being noticed. And then your parents track your location. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, like, like I just think about – I think, like, slipping out of the house into the darkness of night is literally – a formative teenage experience every teenager needs to have. Every teenager needs to like risk the unknown, like encounter, you know, reality beyond the safe rules their parents have set up 
and kind of like deal with the consequences thereafter. Like that is the thrill and adventure of either A, stinking out or B, not going where you said you were going, which is probably what I was guilty of most. And I, I never snuck out for the record. Out. I never snuck but out. But did you ever go somewhere that you – did you ever go somewhere um, other than what you said you were going? Yeah, I probably did that. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't even do that now because everyone's tra- tracking their kids on their phones. Find my friends. Find my iPhone. Everyone has their I mean, kids. have you heard of like, Life 360? No. Have you heard of this app? So mom actually wanted me to download it when I lived in LA. But basically, it like it, it does more than just track your location. It like tells the person what their battery life is at. Um, I know this because somebody got fired. Someone I know got fired because – or got like put on leave because they basically showed up – they like use Life360 with their um, – with their company and life 360 show that the, the person claimed to have gotten sick, but really they were at like a club until like 6 a.m. Oh and then gosh. they like couldn't go to a meeting, some big meeting or something like that. But basically it's like an even more intense find my friends for parents. And it shows like how I long mean, you've been somewhere and then uh, what their battery life is at, <gasps> that type of thing. I'm sorry, but this is – one of the worst things. It shows like your whole route. Sorry, like your whole it, like I, uh, I journey. So it's not just where you are now. It's like oh, where what you time been? did you get there? And how yeah. how fast you were driving, um, that type of thing. <laughs> how much you used your phone when you were driving. It's a beautiful app. Parents, I mean, I'd like to get a Life three hundred and sixty subscription. I just feel like some of the most exciting times of my teenage years was when I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. You know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like as an adult, to regain that sense of adventure, you have to like risk jail time or something or like, you know what I mean? You never again get to like go meet up with someone at Starbucks and have the only fallout being like grounded from your parents, you know? Now you like, have you to be like get- digital, you have to digitally sneak out, which is essentially having a Finsta. This makes me sound very old. I feel extremely old saying that sentence. I felt extremely old you have to saying that sentence. Digitally sneak out, but but you, but if you're being tracked, doesn't matter. Well, I'm just saying, like, I just mean, yeah. I all I mean is that you have to have like secret accounts, secret Instagrams, and like alt accounts. Right, but all bets so your are parents off when can't there are see. Ring cameras around your home, and when oh, yeah. you're being tracked on Life 360. Yeah, so didn't you did mom track you to Starbucks under a surveillance state? No, she didn't. I mean. Like that, I wasn't, no, I mean, what's so funny though, is I was thinking about how literally one of the biggest fights I ever got into with mom and dad was when I was 20, living at home, going to Saddleback and, you know, still, and I'm saying this with air quotes, going to church every Sunday when really I was putting Mm -hmm. on a pencil skirt, getting in the car and disappearing for three hours. Generally it would be like Barnes and Noble, maybe the park, maybe the mall, um, and it's just so funny to think about because then uh, literally mom and dad like had a hunch I wasn't actually going to church to the singles ward. How did they find so out dad, again? Did dad follow put you? his phone in the truck that I usually took and then tracked his phone. Wow. Super so smart. So then they saw that I went to my boyfriend's house. Way to go mom and dad. <laughs> went to Super the, smart. I know. I know. And But that's the thing is it's like – I don't know. It's just – the fact that kids can't get away with any sort of just like like that those are this is also a, fun, a fundamental human experience like sit like calling in sick to work where you're not actually sick that should be a human right 
I want the ACLU to get on this. Like, I want the UN to get on this case. That's just something that people should be able to do like once a year. Yeah, you don't have the flu, but guess what? You're hungover from being out partying till 6 a.m. I've literally you never done that. You are feeling sick. Oh, I've never done that. I'm always too scared. I know. But I really want I never, to, for the record. I really, if, you, if anyone who, listen, who works with me hears this, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. I, I just think that these little white lies in fib, they are what keep life exciting. It's the salt and the chocolate of life, you know? And when we remove the salt, Chandler, we are just, we are left with uh, the same flavor bite after bite. Ew. Is this an expression people use? (laughs) No, I just made it up. I was going to say, I was like, it was not very smooth. Just kidding. It was great. She really is a poet, folks. I just think it's really sad. I just think it's really sad. Like, literally, like, it's so fun to be a little clandestine as a teenager. And the ne- and if you're ever clandestine again, you're probably risking, like, your marriage or jail time. That's well, it. I, that's what I was going to say. It's, like, now even worse for you to, like, act up online because that's, like, that, that shit doesn't go away. Yes. To- totally. Totally. I just do – I do not envy kids growing up today. Also – I didn't get Instagram until my 20s, until I was 20 actually. And then literally I've deleted like almost everything off the face of the internet from everything up until the, like I was 27 because it was all so embarrassing. Like the idea that I would have had access to a permanent public record at 13 or 14 other than my live journal on my Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, chilling. Do you ever chilling. miss those posts? Do you ever miss any of it? Um, no, I don't. I really – I mean I have it all downloaded like on a hard drive. That way, How many you times know, have you opened up that hard drive? Ever? Never? Like, I only open it up when I'm looking for like throwback photos for this podcast. Wait, tell me how being home is. What else is going on? I've been home for now 12 hours. I just, so, I just or- love hearing about it. Literally yesterday I FaceTime our mom. Lauren's in the background half naked. No, no warning Most whatsoever. True. I'm just all of a sudden looking at Lauren's body. Um, of, you know, something I'm not particularly interested in seeing across the digital airwaves. And it's one of you. uh okay so that's it got nothing for me nothing crazy how long are you going to be there for and when do you go to Portugal home it's just chaotic because I have so much to do I have so much work to do I have have a lot of sales calls get out yeah I have lots of retained stuff going on and then I have patreon this Friday and then we're supposed to go camping this weekend engagement photos on Wednesday I we have like three social events and then we're supposed to fly to Paris on Monday. And it's just like, it's just not my ideal level of activity. I would like to do 5% of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least you get to go vacation for a month. Well, I'm going to be working. I'm just going to be working abroad. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm going to be in a new exciting place. That'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited for you as well. All right. So I have been watching a new show, two new shows actually. Dr. Death. I'm about Mm -hmm. one or two episodes into that. I'm not quite ready to give my full thoughts because I still need to watch more before I, you know, formulate my conclusions. But Mm -hmm. uh, the podcast is insane. I couldn't even really listen to it because it was very graphic. And I feel like your ears are like uh, not as desensitized as your eyes are, if that makes sense. Like listening to graphic details is actually very hard to handle versus listening versus seeing them. Would you agree well, with this? Do you understand what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, I but that's not like I mean, eyes. for example, like there's this one scene where they're talking about this surgery that was going on, and there was like ended up being a lot of blood, and so there's like some weird sound effects, and there's a lot of talking about it. But like in the show, you just kind of see it like a little bit. You don't really like have to hear it as much or like or listen to like I don't know. There's there's a difference I feel like between like this seeing something and then also like hearing like uh very heavy descriptions about it. So, anyways, that's the podcast. The whole the whole series. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. I did not have. I am a person who does not like suspenseful shows. I don't mm-hmm. like any of that stuff. I didn't find the descriptions. To, maybe I did turn it down. Oh no, I listened to it a while ago. But anyway, I, mean, I could have so, also just been carsick. So that could also have been it. The, sh- the show, though, you are not ready to give your verdict on. Yeah, I'm not ready to give my verdict on. But is it cheesy? Uh, just tell me if it's cheesy. Or well, not. I think like it's right now. It's feeling slightly cheesy not cheesy it's just not feeling high it's not feeling like you know an hbo original see that's but, why i can't watch shows like like there's so many shows i can't watch like love slash sex like this show because i just know they're gonna be be and feel so cheesy and i have like i can't do it have you seen the uh my unorthodox life someone asked us to watch uh, this and yes, i think maybe we should, it's so something we should explore it oh it was also cheesy i don't like when stuff doesn't seem real or when it's just like so mm-hmm. over the top, like it just okay. seemed fake to me. I didn't really well, like on my own unorthodox life. I turned it off because it was like so. I don't know. Like it was. I'm gonna hit you with another like show that is pretty lowbrow, but that is a d- delightful to watch. It's called Love okay. Island. Okay, I oh, have. I went down started... the Love Island rabbit hole. Once. You did. You totally did. You did it like when we worked at communal. I feel like. Right? No, I did I it like when you, I was living with Kagan in 2007 or 2018. Okay. I remember you like mimicking the way they talk. Um, it's yeah. hilarious. Anyways, it's a really good show. I've also been watching that. This season is very on good. Five it's also, days a week, right? Yes. It's on all the time. So I'm like very behind still, but I've been watching it and really liking it. It's way better than The Bachelor. Like I would actually happily recap Love Island. I do not want to talk about The Bachelor. I would love to watch Love Island between like 40 to 50 year olds. Like that would be interesting to me. <laughs> like that would be watching like I feel like real people with real conversations with divorces and net worths and like shit to talk about like in it, in it. But like watching like I I, I too went down this rabbit hole and I really enjoyed it. But then it starts to get, just get so repetitive and I, it just starts to feel like British teenagers or late teens hooking up, asking each other to have a chat, talking about how fit the other people are and uh, yeah, just like okay, well, breaking here's up my question. and getting together. Here's my question. But there is just like a lot more saucy things happening. So don't you think it's better because of that? Like Casa Amor. I haven't even seen this happen uh, in this season yet, but I've heard about it and it sounds in- insane. I I don't know why. I don't – when it comes to watching, hmm, if a guy looks like he spends three hours a day at Gold's Gym in Sandy, Utah, and a girl is like of the pageant variety, I'm not interested in watching them get together, fall apart, any of that. I just okay. – I don't know why. I just – you know what? It's like right, you've sh- had your time in the sun. Shallow relationships, and it's not that interesting. I never right? said it was deep and meaningful. I never said it was deep and meaningful. Right. I do, I do just think it makes for great television, especially when you compare it to The Bachelor. That is so boring. 
All right, you guys, a quick announcement. We are running in March a $500 shopping spree giveaway. Very exciting. And to enter, all you have to do is recommend the podcast on your Instagram stories, tag us, and include a link for your followers to easily tap and listen to your favorite Mm -hmm. episode of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We ask that you only do this if you would actually share the pod, you know, with your friends on your story. You know, this is is a giveaway um, of authenticity, if you will. Um, we also ask in that same spirit that you don't mention that it's a giveaway. Exactly. Please share the pod, share it on your stories, get the word out, spread the good word of pop apologists, make sure to tag us. We'll see it. We'll respond that you're entered. And then we're going to pick one person at random and they'll win $500 to go to town with. So enter this month in March, you guys shopping spree giveaway. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you doing? What do you mean? Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros, two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. Oh, yeah. The Bachelor is so boring. Totally, totally, totally. I agree with that. I really don't understand why I can't connect with millions of other Americans who love it. I cannot connect with them. I agree. And I wish I had. I wish I loved it as much as they do because they clearly get a lot of joy out of it. Right, right. It's it's something we can't even stomach watching. That's really hard. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe at some point in the future, but I'll just say that right now I'm preferring Love Island. Um. Okay. Love Island is really fun. And honestly, it is really fun until you get to episode like 61. And then you're like, okay, I think I've seen every single scenario play out 20 times. <laughs> and okay. also, it also does this dark thing where it makes you realize that British teenagers are not the like super classy, like, are not like, the oh, like super they're not like, like wearing like Polo Ralph Lauren, like walking around foggy London Charles streets. Dickens yeah. In they don't look like the Narnia children. Exactly. It's it, you start to realize, oh, like British teenagers are like, in a lot of cases, like just as trashy, if not trashier than us. Absolutely, absolutely, that is the case. Oh. All right, we need to take a little break so I can discuss Spade and Sparrows with you guys. You all know Spade and Sparrows is my favorite wine brand. Why? Well, because I like to get on a delicious buzz some of the time, okay? Not every day, not every evening, but if it's a gorgeous Friday afternoon and Pinot Grigio is calling my name, you can absolutely bet I'm going to be opening a bottle of Spade and Sparrows. I love Spade and Sparrows because it was created by TV personality from The Bachelorette and Dancing with the Stars and top podcaster from Off the Vine, Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin created Spade and Sparrows because she's so passionate about wine and not only because it's delicious, it brings people together. Speaking of that, it comes in a stunning bottle. It's the perfect hostess gift, okay? You don't have to spend $100 on a bouquet. Just grab a bottle of Spade and Sparrows and your host will love receiving it. It's such a stylish, perfect gift. Each bottle is made with your taste buds, nights out, and most importantly, your nights in in mind. Spade and Sparrows is available in select liquor stores across Canada, as well as select Walmarts in California. It's also available online at spadeandsparrows.com. Enter code POP15 at checkout to receive 15% off your first purchase. Okay. okay. Well, moving on to something a little bit more highbrow. 
Okay. I started following House and Habit because everyone's following her and she does do some seriously impressive deep dives on things. And I love nothing more than having, you know, 25 minutes where I have nothing to do and I can just like go and look at one of her deep dives because I find them to be so fascinating. Yes. So I recently went down a rabbit hole and looked at her JFK one. Have you looked at this mm-hmm. before? Have you I've have? watched all, all of hers, yeah. Oh my gosh. The JFK Jr. one – sorry, excuse me, JFK Jr. The JFK Jr. one was so fascinating to me because I had never really understood uh, his life. Someone sent me her stuff like a year ago, and so I got super into her stuff like oh, got a it. minute ago. Amazing. An, an early um, adopter. I'm okay. sure like 100,000 followers, so I don't know how early we were. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just really, really late to the game. Uh, okay, so – Basically, JFK was assassinated. I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. Um, JFK was assassinated and, of course, like the world stands still. But there were just like other familial details about Jackie and JFK Jr. and Caroline, I think is the sister, that I learned through these highlights. Basically, like okay. what's, inter- what's interesting is that right around uh, – literally, JFK is assassinated and then his funeral is a few days later. Okay. This is also – JFK Jr.'s birthday. It's on like the funeral and his birthday were on the same day. And JFK Jr. was obviously, yeah, he was like three or four, had obviously been like looking forward to a party. So Jackie O, you know, being the rock of a woman and the empathetic mother, throws him a birthday party after the national funeral. Like after the funeral where he like salutes the casket and it's just like this really and the eternal flame and all of those like really powerful moments that we remember in history. Like there are these amazing and and really kind of stunningly sad photos of them having a uh, a funeral, having a, like a family celebration after the funeral, but it's also JFK Jr.'s birthday. So everyone's like dressed in black, but then there's like party hats. And anyways, oh it's gosh. just, it's, it's really sweet and sad. Um, and they like, and because Jackie was just like, of course, I'm, we're still going to have a birthday party for, you know, JFK Jr. Yeah. So I, that was like one of the first really poignant moments. So we fast forward to JFK Jr. growing up and he is hot. He's extremely hot and mm-hmm. basically, you know, the entire nation is just fascinated with him. Honestly, I don't really know if there's like a person that is like American royalty who was this hot like that I've ever known in my lifetime. Um, like he comes from like this like basically royal bloodline. He's extremely attractive. Uh, you know, he just has like all the makings of a, you know, really successful celebrity. Um, right. He dates a lot of notable women like Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, it, all pe- people care about is like who he's dating, what he's up to. He's just your classic, really hot, uh, you know, white waspy guy. Um, I and I had this- really quick and yeah. say something. Yeah, I just I actually had a thought about him today because I was looking at Bella Hadid's new boyfriend. Yeah, and no shade to Bella Hadid or her choice in men, but I just thought like. Can we just get a really hot couple? Like, can we just have a really hot, um, famous couple? Like, we are starved of that as American citizens. I don't know one famous couple where I'm like, wow, the this couple is so classic and stunning. Right. And right. wait, like, like don't like, give it away though. Don't give it. I mean, people know who he dated, but yes, I agree to all this. You know what I mean? Like since Brangelina, yeah. really, we have not had a very stunning classic American couple. And I right. think that we feel that loss every day. Okay, continue. We do. 
Okay. I also had a moment when I was looking at these like early paparazzi photos of him where he's, you know, a socialite, you know, he's everything that like we want out of a celebrity where I thought to myself, thank God we didn't have social media back in this day. Because, like, who knows if he was, like, the type of douchey guy, like, lots of eligible bachelors are who are, you know, living at some influencer house making TikToks. Like, thank God we didn't actually get to see that side of him. We don't even know if that side of him existed because we didn't have social media. Like, now we can just immortalize him as being this good, handsome young man who was a pillar of morality and virtue. He he studied law. He created a journalistic right. publication. Right. You know, he's right. a serious person. Right. We have no idea if he, you know, wasn't a serious person or anything like that. Um, thank goodness. Dances, 30 second dances. Right. If he was doing th- 30 second dances or, you know, sponsor posts, like we have no clue. Thank God. Um, okay. So I I'm, mean, I'm going to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, all we have now is Kravis with the thumb sucking videos on Instagram. Exactly. It's that, that's like, a travesty. that's what our morally bankrupt society is left with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we have to cling to. Like that is our, our, I guess we're like, well, you know, at least he seems to really love her. Like that's what we are left with. And this is just, you know, the state of the world we right. live in. Totally. Um, totally. Okay. Whereas we used to be treated with like Ralph Lauren looking paparazzi ads of them, you know, the shots of them that every shot, they just looked like they were out of a catalog. So in love, but there's so much mystery. I mean, right. wow. I know. I know. Um, basically I'm going to just like, I'm going to, uh, mention a few more details and then I'm going to put a pin in it because I want to continue talking about this in our next episode. Um, but so he's an eligible bachelor, you know, creating this publication. Jackie O is at time married to her, you know, next husband who's a little bit older, who like kind of supported her in the end, at the end of her life. And he meets Carolyn Bissett, who's a striking fashion designer. I love the fact that she's not like a model, but she's a fashion designer. She's not just a pretty face, but she's actually someone who has like an an incredible eye. She has like amazing taste. Like she's a serious woman as well. Um, They date. I am. This wasn't. Oh, well, let me me break in really quick. They, this was also in the time when, like, everyone's face didn't look the exact same. Right, like, right. she had such an iconically interesting, beautiful mm-hmm. look. Same with Princess Diana. Yeah. Did not have yeah. an Instagram Kardashian yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. So, anyways, they fall they fall madly in love and they pr- proceed to date for a while before she has to go meet the whole Kennedy family. And there's – the amazing thing about this highlight, which is why everyone should go watch it, is because there's, like, footage that somehow this person has dug up uh, of her going to meet the whole Kennedy family. And, like, when she, like, walks in, somehow there's, like, footage of that. I'm sure they were – you know, they all filmed all their family get-togethers in, you know, Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard, whatever. Um, and when she meets the whole Kennedy family, the matriarch, Rose, I believe is her name, doesn't really take to her. And this causes a lot of stress between her and JFK Jr. Um, and I think that's funny because <laughs> when you and I have ever dated people, our grandparents have just, like, been so thrilled that there was a light at the end of the tunnel of us being single. Like, you know, wow, my grandchild won't be alone forever. Huzzah. It's just totally. so funny to think of your grandmother or grandfather, like, not approving of who you're dating. And then it being, like, this right. huge drama. I mean, they, like, literally fight about it. Um, and it causes, like, a rift between them. Uh, okay, right. well, I'm, I'm going to leave us on that cliffhanger because I'm going to save their wedding, which is an amazing story in and of itself, for the next episode. All right, you guys. Chandler had to go. So I'm going to – she had to skedaddle onto a meeting. So I'm going to finish out the app with 
my thoughts on one additional thing. Prince Harry is writing a memoir, a book. I mean, I have not looked forward to a literary event like this since the fifth Harry Potter book or the last Harry Potter book, whichever, the seventh. Um, I am so thrilled. I do wish, however, that his publishers had just told him that, you know, we don't need everything except for like family drama and Meghan Markle stuff. We're good on. We don't need to hear about the war stuff or the being a pilot. We don't need to hear about like charitable stuff. It's just a little bit snoozy, I think, for most of us. I think all of us really want we want the juice on falling in love with Meghan Markle. We want to talk about Megxit. We want to hear about the controversial stuff he's done. We want to hear about Diana. So I feel like we could have had a book in 2021 if his publishers had, you know, told him to like cut the noise. But unfortunately, I guess they're letting him, you know, leave in the rest of his life story. So we're not going to receive it until probably my guess is early 2023, although it's slated for late 2022. Very exciting. He did have a statement. And the statement is, I mean, I'm going to read it to you in the voice of Prince Harry. I'm writing this not as the prince I was born, but as the man I have become. I've worn many hats over the years, both literally and figuratively. I think this part is weird. I'm going to break in really quick. Pointing out that he's worn a lot of different hats, like literally hats. I've worn page boy hats. I've worn baseball caps. I've worn top hats. I even dare say I've worn, I mean, it's just a little, like, both literally and figuratively. I've worn many hats, both literally and figuratively. Needs an editor. Needs an editor for the book. Needs an editor for the public announcements. Um, also, is, is wearing baseball hats cultural appropriation of the United States? That's my question. Okay, he continues. And my hope is that in telling my story, the highs and lows, the lessons learned, the mistakes, I can help show that no matter where we have come from, we have more in common than we think. Anyway, the it's kind of boring. It's like boring filler from then on out. Um, but I think it's just funny. Like, no matter where you come from, if you're a prince or just a regular guy in a mansion in Montecito, the struggle to be happy is a singular journey. You know, it's one. We are one. We are the world. Um, this book is for every guy out there who found himself to be sixth in line to the most powerful monarchy in the world and looked at that and said, Fuck it. I'm moving next to Oprah Winfrey in Montecito. That's interesting. A lot of people will be able to re relate, I think. You know, this is the journey of all men. Anyway, so if you've ever found yourself hiding in, from the press in Tyler Perry's mansion with the main character of Suits, you're really going to be re be able to relate to the narrative in Prince Harry's memoir. And of course, we'll be reporting when it comes out with all the most scintillating details from the book. And again, I really wish that we could just get a, an abridged version with the stuff people actually care about. Um, okay, you guys, that's it for this week. Really quick, I do want to say that I would absolutely love it if you could give us a review on iTunes, shout us out on your stories, or share the pod with a friend. Ideally, all three. You know, we're, we're trickling. Chandler and I are pretty bad about asking for asking for help sharing the pod, but we we really need help getting the pod out. Um, we are definitely not off the ground yet. We really need it. So if you can please, if you love the podcast, if you want us to stay around, please help us grow. Share us with a friend. Shout us out on your stories. 
leave us a review on iTunes. And if you already have, grab your husband's phone, grab your kid's phone, leave us a review on their phone. Um, is that unethical? Who cares? Let's keep Pop Apologists on the air and we'll see you next week. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.